Minnesota Vikings fans, welcome back to the Purple People Leaders podcast. He's Aaron, I'm Chris, and we're here to talk about the Minnesota Vikings. And we were just talking before we hit record. What a awkward feeling, what a variety of emotions that's going through your head when you just beat your arch rival by double digits, finally a double digits uh, non-one score victory. And uh, and then we all know what happened. Kirk Cousins gets hurt. It didn't look good right away. And uh, pretty much not far after, you pretty much knew he was going to be done for the season. Now we have that officially uh, out there that he is done for the season. And, and you know, it's a good chance. Um, you know, we're not going to speculate too much on that part of it. Um, but it's a good chance he's, you know, it's the last last uh, game we saw of Cousins in a Viking uniform given the injury, given the free agency, and all that stuff. So we're obviously going to talk about the trade deadline coming up in less than 24 hours. Um, our backup, it can't be a backup right now for at least one game. Um, Hall seems to be the starter but for next week, but what will they do? Will they make a trade? you know, and actually have to give up something for like a Kyle Murray or some of those names that we hear, or will it be, you know, a a guy like uh, Winston or or Colt McCoy or or Andy Dalton or something like that, just for depth, even if they don't start. Um, There's just so much involved in that. Will the, they may be buyers on one, um, you know, in one category, one position, and sellers on the other. You know, it could be, we'll talk about, you know, will they make any other kind of move, maybe a defensive end or a corner or something like that as well. Of course, we're going to break down um, the game as well. Complimentary football has entered the north, <laughs> um, and it's about time. Um, the defense shines again. I mean, just, just uh, so many positives sustaining drives, third down for offense and defense. So many positives from this game. Unfortunately, uh, it just has you in limbo, um, you know, with with the Cousins' injury. Uh, But it's not necessarily all lost. We will kind of go down that path of, well, if you're a rookie, this is a hell of an audition, hell of an interview. This is more than an internship, right? So you never know. We could find something in the kid, obviously, earlier than we thought, but you, you never know. So we're going to break it on down. Then, obviously, we got to, you know, talk about next week at Atlanta, 4-4. Four and four, Both teams 4-4 four and four at a kind of a crossroads part. Where, where do you go? You go up or down in the standings. It is pretty crazy that if it ended today, we're in the fucking wild card which is just, I never would have thought that at 0-3 and 1-4. and But we're going to break that one down, predict it, preview, predict all that good stuff. And then, of course, if you've listened you know, to the show long enough, you know we end um, the show on a Gophers football segment or with a Gophers football segment, which there were some positives there. Let's hope they keep that going. Anyway, if this is your first time listening to the Purple People Leaders podcast, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Ropadope Radio. You don't have to go to Blog Talk and Ropadope and download the show directly there. If you don't want to, you can find it in a whole lot of places under the Ropadope Radio podcast, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Google Podcasts. You can download the podcast app, uh, you know, a variety of other places. Also, Living in Loserville, Spricker page. Go check that out. That's available on Spotify to listen to as well. While you're at it, why don't you head out over to thegruelingtruth.com and Sports News 24. And one more thing, direct TV stream. The ML postseason, MLB postseason is here, and it's almost gone. Um, so sign up and catch every game live on direct TV stream. There's no satellite, no cable box required for a limited time. Save $30 when you sign up today. Choose the direct TV streaming package that's right for you. It starts at $64.99. All right, let's go ahead and bring in my co-host, Aaron. Obviously, you know, we've been watching the Vikes a long time. I think this is only like our ninth victory there in like the last 30-something years. It's such a strange feeling 
to not be just jumping up for joy, you know, coming off a, a double-digit win against the rival at Lambeau. There's always the satisfaction in it, Chris. Like, you know, winning in Lambeau, oh, yeah. winning here, just having bragging rights uh, in this particular area of the country um, is kind of a big deal for sports fans. And, man, you know, there was no feeling of satisfaction at the end of this one. It was just kind of a, uh, like a pall had come over the uh, Twin Cities slash Minnesota uh, area and you know regardless of your feelings on Kirk it's you know this team was about to make a run here um we had a favorable schedule going forward our, our play was improving offensive line defensively like you said a lot of bright spots and good things happening and a guy who never gets hurt uh manages to have a season ending injury uh this franchise chris is something else i mean like you said we've been watching it for years since we can remember watching football and it's just a reoccurring thing this will go down on the calendar of calamity um you know two steps forward one step back type of deal it's just it's uncanny i keep saying that but it's it is this franchise is just it's just strange nonetheless you know they've we got a out of the one score game thing uh, there. We were up two touchdowns. Uh, we would have been up a little bit more if it wasn't for that guy who kicks the ball. <laughs> um, and, you know, you wanted to be, I mean, Addison, another touchdown, another great play. You know, it continues to improve. There's a lot of bright spots, like you said, but all covered under, under uh, the, what are we going to do now? And the questions and the knee jerks and the, you know, speculation and everybody was kind of classy at the end of the game. Like, okay, let's see what's up with Kirk. We don't want to bash, you know, we want to, don't want to move on. It could be an ankle, but everybody kind of knew what it was. And, uh, and I really only knew what it was just because I saw Mo Ibrahim against Ohio state and saw the same kind of thing with the, with the calf there. And so you're like, oh, wow. You know, that's that's definitely what it is, but let's hope I mean, maybe it's a minor, you know, what grade. Right. It all comes down to grades at that point. True. And, you know, um, but it, it's it's a big thing. And then you and I also talked off air just about the timing of it all, and I'm okay. sure we'll get into that later. But, I mean, we beat the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field. It was a – I won't say a runaway game because they had a chance to come back, but it was a sure. – I would say it was a resounding win, and yeah. that's a good thing. and. We'll focus on that to begin the show. Defensively, Chris, I thought they played their best game of the oh. season. Um, pressure was there. I thought there was a lot of confusion for Love. I thought I don't oh. think Love's a terrible quarterback. I just think he's young and his first year starting. Um, and yeah. we were able to confuse him, uh, make him make some bad throws. And that's all we were kind of asking for. Yeah, no, you're right. Totally. Yeah. I mean, to start out, I think it was four, three and outs to start the game. Um, cause there was some penalties on that stuff. So it, there was more than three plays on those drives, but that's what it turns out to be. Cause they go away when you get penalties and stuff like that. They were definitely highly, I mean, we had too many penalties, but they really did, especially early on. But, um, and then to close, you know, with, you know, that like three straight, Turnover on downs. <laughs> so, I mean, when you start the game like that, punt, 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 you know, and then end that way, I mean, that is – that's saying something. And this defense, man, it just keeps improving. It's only had, like, two games where you could point a major finger at. Otherwise, the other games you really couldn't. You really couldn't. And all that pressure starts to add up, whether it's sacks – whether it's QB hits, seven of those, seven PBUs, we are starting to get the, the PBUs up. That was one thing through probably 12 games or something last year. Every week we were getting a lot of PBUs. Defense, you know, came alive in the fourth quarter for whatever reason last year until, you know, the down stretch of the season. Then we kind of knew it was going to be done. But this one just keeps improving. Uh, five of four you know, on holding Green Bay on third downs and then one of four on fourth downs. Um, yeah, man, this, like, 
obviously you know Flores was damn good. If you look at that super, when he was a coordinator in that Super Bowl win and that style of game, which going in we never would have thought the score was going to be like that. You knew he had the pedigree. He's already been a damn head coach. Uh, and he's kind of, you know, overcoached, overperformed his teams both of those his last years as a coach in Miami. So you knew he was the real deal, but when you get to see it week in and week out, and we already saw a lot of this talent week in and week out prior to him, especially last year, um, it really just makes you just smile. I mean, this guy is so freaking good, and, and that's not to take away – you know, we, we do have the guy leading the league in sacks, and I think he's now second in tackles for loss in Hunter. Um, a couple different safeties, not just Cam, but these safeties are making plays, which obviously with the three safety, you know, lineup, you're going to have some of that. But, I mean, you're just – it's like scheming people the right way, getting free looks at it, kind of feeling like Zimmer in a sense of, like, DJ Wanham is now getting, like, open – Runs at the QB, getting schemed open. I mean, it really has improved. And it's still, you know, there's, it's not the most talented defense, like, at every, you know, turn. It just isn't. And so for him to get what he's getting out of this defense, Matt, it, it, it really is something else. I mean, Flores is just stud. And, you know, it shined once again. Man. He, he played great, no doubt about it. Osborne on offense. It was nice to see him um, have a good game. He was just short of 100 yards, still had, you know, TJ and Addison being productive the last two weeks. You know, in the Chicago game, the first game without J.J., full game, I suppose he left the the week before, but that just didn't look good. We looked kind of lost. We just weren't on the same page. And these last two games, spreading the ball around, at least trying to establish the run, the tight end screens, the running screens, the uh, the running back screens, I should say, the quick little slants, the little dump-offs, the, the wheel route Addison out of the backfield. Like, I just love what we're doing, and I think that yeah, I, I wouldn't have just guessed that we would be 3-0 and without Jefferson. You know, I, I really just thought, oh, shit, here we go. I knew we had some talent, of course. We can name them, but – and Powell has really come on. All he does is catch third downs, it feels like. But, and that's something that we have to start to talk about when we talk about what's next at quarterback. Um, the fact that the last two weeks we've been productive on offense without Jefferson lends itself, as long as he comes back, <laughs> to being productive without Cousins then. I mean, it makes sense. Um, but let's see. We'll get there in a second. But, yeah, man, that defense, it just, like you said, I agree. It definitely played its best game. And uh, that complimentary football, you know, that moment, you know, where it's, uh, you know, 17-3, to we go out and the, you get the ball in the first half, or in the second half, excuse me, have a 13-play drive. That's another thing. We're sustaining. That's where the intermediate and short passing and, and trying to establish the run game does help. You know, we were having way too many three and outs last year. We, we, we're, we're better at it this year, no doubt, way better, but still not good enough. And to have these sustained drives, to, to have a 13-play drive, 75 yards, 535, get up 17-3, to get a pick with a, a beautiful strip pick, really, and a run after by Metellus, and then one play, boom, just like that, 24-3. to And even, you know, after they answered the bell, Aaron, 24-10, to yeah, we got our shit blocked. Yeah, Cousins got hurt at the end of that. But still, 14-play drive, almost eight minutes? I mean, that's how you wear people down. And if we want to see even a more active defense, well, we know you get a lead, and then you, our defense gets to sit on the sidelines for a while and then come in there and just feast with Flores? I mean, it's a hell of a combination there. And they played with the lead, which is, you know, the point there defensively, Chris. And you're dropping names, and I thought, you know, Harrison Phillips uh, had the yes. best game I've seen him play. I mean, a few tackles for loss, making plays inside. I thought that that was a huge. And 
the improvement of the defensive line, which, which is a gang of really nobodies um, coming together besides Hunter, of course, and guys that are making names for themselves now like Wanham. But I think there's juice on this defense, Chris, even back to Caleb Evans um, and the safety play. Like you said, you got three of them right now um, with Metellus, uh, um, Harrison, Harrison Smith. I always get the Harrisons mixed up. And then yeah. the uh, and the Cam Bynum, who made another great play down in the in the end zone there with a with a pass breakup. Um, that you're getting just great play out of everywhere. Linebackers, you're not seeing any faults. I mean, you thought you'd see a little more pop out of Ivan Pace, but apparently with within league circles, he's blowing people's minds. So he's doing something right. So yeah, you're taking all these pieces, and I think it's just a masterpiece here by uh, Flores just working with the guys he's got and and getting something out of them. I mean, the vast difference between last year with the same guys and this year is just night and day. And every week we're getting improvement with this defense, Chris, against great uh, competition with the Niners. Uh, and then the Packers aren't terrible, um, and you Silly. still manage to, to work them. You know, you know and it's like – and I'm really, you know, I want to talk about Caleb Evans a little bit here before I get to the offense. But you know, this kid's holding up, man. Uh, yeah, he had a bad penalty back in the end zone, didn't get his head around, but you know that happens at times. But other than that, he's been pretty solid there. Uh, Blackman, more play from him. Um, number seven even stepped up a little bit, starting to play a little bit better, I thought. Um, and then offensively, Chris, just the creativity and the ingenuity now that. You know, you hate to see that happen when Jefferson's out because you're just overloading Jefferson with targets and, and, and all that stuff. And I'm not complaining about that because usually that's a, a good deal. But now you're starting to spread it around. You're starting to see guys like Powell, as you mentioned, um, you know, making plays on all kinds of third downs and bubble screens and things like that and becoming an intricate part of the offense. KJ's getting it going. Obviously, Addison still, you know, we say a lot about this kid every week and you know, he's a big play player. It's just, that's how it is. You know, he, he, he's got speed, which is something this offense has missed just pure speed. Yeah. And sure. that's an element there that, you know, he brings to the table and you, I haven't seen anybody work Jair Alexander. Like he was working him. And this kid's a rookie, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty amazing. So um, only good things from him, what seven touchdowns now and eight games, yeah. something like that. So um, offensively it's there. Um, of course, we've got some things to talk about later, uh, what could happen offensively, but as far as pieces and parts and, uh, you know, ways to get guys the ball, I think that's getting better every week in Jefferson's absence. So only bodes well for his return. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, less drops these last two weeks, uh, two weeks ago, heading into that game, we were, we led the league in 17 drops. I think the closest one was 12 drops. Now we still managed to fumble late in the game, but you know, it's not three fumbles, you know, because we were on that record setting pace of fumbles after five games. That's less than, what do you know? When you're a plus two point, you know, turnover differential, you start winning some games. And um, so, you know, things that we got a rushing touchdown from the six yard line. Um, I think that they threw up that stat through seven games. That was the most passing touchdowns uh, without a rushing touchdown in the in league history, um, and that goes back to the '60s as far as the NFL, um, you know, the Super Bowl stuff. So I mean, we're starting to just, you know, not fuck up as much on offense because all the uh, most of the other numbers as far as productivity was there. Sure, a Russian game still has a lot to go, but everything else is was there. It just when you you're gonna have less points, right? You're gonna have less field goals and touchdown opportunities. If we wouldn't have fumbled all that damn time, we probably would have had more rushing touchdowns, you know? So it, it, it's really the offense was really just about getting, you know, getting out of your own way. I mean you kept getting in your own way just too, it's way too many times that are, you know, fumble-wise, a record-setting pace there for a second. So that's huge. Just tighten that up. And at the flip side, you know, the last three games, the defense has been creating more and more turnovers. Um, you talked about pace. 
and you know his 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 reps have gone down, but a lot of that had to do with the five man front. So there's only one linebacker in there sometimes. Um, so that's no big deal. He's still a major part of our future um, because you know it's not like the vet that we got there is going to be in his prime forever. So I, you know they still like you said a lot of people love pace. And, you know some people have been scratching their head at why he hasn't gotten in there as much, and I hear you, but. You know, it is what it is. It's like, you, you know, you got to make do with what you got to do. And it, if you don't have that five-man front sometimes, you, you know, you're going to get your ass ran over too uh, because we don't have that big nasty inside that would take care of that and really help a guy like Pace who's a speedster and can a shirt tackler and whatnot. So, um, yeah, man, I mean, it's it's been fun to see this turn around like this. I, like I said, when we were 0-3 and 1-4, and I didn't think we'd be 4-4 four and four by Halloween. I really didn't. A lot of that had to do with that Niners game. I just didn't think we could win that. Now, obviously, they're a different offense um, without Trent Williams and Debo. Clearly, they are. Debo makes a lot of big plays for him. And we know, even in those, remember the Cowboy game last year when we didn't have Derrissaw? All shit go, you know, just even earlier this year for a little bit, the whole place, you're like, oh, it's all going to hell and without Trent, who's like one of the better, what, the last 15 years, one of the better, if not the best um, offensive linemen out there, that, that shit does hurt them, you know. So, it, but, you know, at the same time, they still had all their defensive studs, and Derrissaw, you know, had a hell of a game. O'Neal had a hell of a game this this week, so... It is a bummer that we are just turning our shit around. Like you said, it, it, minimum three and two. With Cousins, three and two through this stretch, I'd say minimum. Um, but there's a chance we could have been four and one. I'm not a big, well, five and oh for sure. I don't like doing that. Um, but at least three and two, I'd feel pretty confident about four and one. But, you know, we might as well stop right there because we don't have Cousins. Um and you could really see Coach KO and all the players after, even when he's doing his victory speech, they were down. They were down and out. And the way the players talk about it, they were like, man, Kirk was in a better mood than all of us, you know, trying to keep the morale up. But here we are. We got a decision to make. We got a bunch of them. And the timing, you know, is just such a Viking thing to happen. What the fuck? You know, we've heard the names like Tannehill and Dalton, who I would like. Nick Mullins, you know, most of us, including myself, I barely even know what the hell he's on the, you know, IR for, but we know he's on there for at least another week. Um, he would be a good player to, to have had. He would have been, obviously, the first guy in. We have Paul Brady coming back, some other guys, you know that haven't played this year. Some people are saying, let's, let's give Murray another chance. Kyle Murray, let's, let's, you know, trade our, some future stuff away. Colt McCoy. Um, let's not talk about that yet. As far as who we're going to get or who we're not going to get, let's focus on this week. And that is Hall, right? Um, we were talking before we hit record, Aaron, and I want you to expand on this about even last year in the previous years, you know, with the improvement on certain parts that we've been, you know, howling about the last couple of years, the interior offensive line and the defense and how, you know, you bring a vet in. Well, if they're going to get crushed all the time, what's the difference? Or if you got to go with a youngster, you're going to draft this youngster, let's say, well, you don't want to bring him into complete, you know, completely a mess. Um, and then how are you going to have Jefferson stay? So you're going to trade, people are saying trade Jefferson and get it and draft a young quarterback and trade Jefferson. It just never lined up to do the complete teardown. Um, and that's with like eight vets, you know, cut this season. But, you know, Hall has a legit chance in his first chunk of games to succeed. I mean, you know, let, let's talk a little bit about that because it's just, there's just, it'll be Hall, you know, at Atlanta on Sunday. Well, we did also talk off air that it could be this other guy, but it's 80% Hall. <laughs> yeah, I forgot. But about there's that. this guy that just lives the, at TCO. 
thing. His name's Sean Mannion. He's on the practice squad. <laughs> and, you know, we were talking, well, we'll see Hall and then Mannion. And then we're like, wait a minute. It could be <laughs> Mannion, then Hall. And we we're like, ah, no. But um, the context of all this, Chris, is the weird Viking timing is, you know, you're a few days away from the trade deadline. You are about to enter the an easier stretch of your schedule where you thought you were going to make some hay. Um, a guy who never gets hurt is not just like dinged up, but out for the season. Um, and we're caught in this spot where we don't really know the direction the Wilfs want to go. No one's going to know that except for maybe Quasi. And we just, so there's so much to be learned here in the next week about direction and timing and all that stuff. And, uh, sell or buy and, and all that stuff. We'll get to that and some trade talk. But as far as Hall goes, you got to go back to the draft and remember, um, the interview they had with him. I think that was even on video. I saw a video of it or at least part of it. And they really liked this kid. Now you got to trust O'Connell's, uh, savvy there as far as what he likes to see. They also interviewed Levis and some other guys could have had Levis. They passed on Levis. Um, he had a great game on Sunday, but you know, one game does not, uh, a career make. And that's the point of the hall, uh, playing this week is that he's in a great position. Um, he's got, even with Jefferson out, he's got Addison, he's got Osborne, he's got the Powell kid. So he's got receivers. He's got an improving offensive line that is climbing the charts. I think, uh, Reisner has helped a lot there. Um, Bradbury's still in there to help him out. So his situation. TJ got a tight end to dump it off too. Sure. And TJ didn't drop anything, uh, this week. Um, so he's got comfort things here, right? He's got an opportunity, a great opportunity. It's not like you're going to Carolina with nothing, you know, at, uh, as for your first start or you're not even in the NFL rhythm. He's eight weeks in. Um, yeah, he probably hasn't got starter reps. That's obvious, but. You know, I think he's talented. We saw in the preseason some things he could do and also in training camp. Now, is he going to come out and be best case scenario, Russell Wilson? Uh, you know, it's possible, but unlikely. Uh, but is he going to be, you know, Tavares Jackson? He'll be somewhere in the middle there and you got to give him a chance. Now we talked a little bit also off about, well, a stretch of games here. You know, if he comes out and he beats the world, he beats Atlanta, he looks great. You can't get too high on that, but also that might allow him to start the next game as opposed to, to Mullins. We, if Mullins is back off the IR, we don't know what his injury is. So, or Mannion, for God's sake. But, um, if he plays terribly, do you see Mullins? Do you see Mannion? Um, you know, that's, are they going to run with him and give him a stretch of three games to, you know, for a longer sample size? Is that something that you want to do? I would be in favor of that, give him a stretch of at least three. To see, you know, what he can do because this is a nice car. All he's got to do is drive it. He could be a game manager as a rookie. That's fine. Come out yeah, and you convert. Him. You draft yeah, him in the fifth round. So you might as well yeah. see. Convert third downs. I like the kid's makeup. He's a confident guy. Seems smart. Um, like you said, he has a baseball background, which also kind of ties in the Russell Wilson comparison. But we want to stay away from that because, you know, he hasn't, if he was Russell Wilson, he probably would have been pushing to start. Uh, come the beginning of the season. So he's not that good, but you know, he's not a young man. He's 25. So he'll, it's not like he's too young to get respect from the vets. You know, there's a lot of good things looking forward to him playing. Now, you know, you're going to have some kind of rookie mistakes possibly in setbacks or whatnot. But as far as the timing of this, the situation he's placed into, you know, he's got a weak, to work and they've got a week to adjust the offense the way, you know, the things he's comfortable with and things he's not. Um, I just don't think you could ask for a better situation, um, to walk into for your first start. And other things you're on the road. So you don't have to worry about the home crowd. You know, you're, you're on the road, you're away from the fans or whatever. You'll obviously you'll be on TV, but you know, they're not going to be booing. You won't, you're not going to hear booing, uh, coming out if the things don't <laughs> go true. well you know yeah, if you so, hear booing it's a good thing right so i really think he should come in loosey-goosey and just let her rip you know and you know stay within the frame of the offense uh keep your poise and and give it your best and i think 
No, I think he's talented enough to make that work. There's a lot of people uh, on the internet that really believe in him. Um, I didn't see a lot of him at BYU. Just I saw, you know, the highlights that you see when draft time comes around. But I haven't seen the highs and the lows. I've just mostly seen the highs. Looks mobile. Looks like he's got a decent arm. Looks accurate. All those things. I think he's got, you know, the mentality. I think he's got a good chance, Chris, here. And I think he's in a great position uh, to come out and, and, and at least begin his NFL career with uh, everything working towards his advantage. Well, he is a God-fearing man. We've been based off his college joint. No, I'm just kidding. It's a joke. It's a joke. Everybody, calm down. Take a, keep, a couple deep breaths. You're right, though. That the the three, whether it's three or five or at least two games to give him a try. I, I agree with that. That sounds like a pretty good number, unless obviously game one, you're just like, oh shit, man, we're gonna get this guy hurt, you know, or something like that, and like more mentally hurt than physically, like this actually will hurt his progress or something like that. He played that bad. I, I don't anticipate that. Um, and, yeah, I mean, to have an improving defense, this might be, you know, for the same reason why we're spreading the ball around now without J.J., we may run the ball a little bit more now, too, because just out of necessity. It's like, hey, we got to do it. And it goes back to that, well, if we can be this productive in two games without Jefferson, an all-world player, then – Sure, it's a drop off, and it's a it's a big you know it's a, it's a drop off, no doubt. But like you said, the it's it's kind of like hand off the keys to them and continue to spread that ball around. And there are some things, you know, that I think like spreading the team out, you know, with four wide receivers, and do one of those drop backs where you know where it's going to be a run, but it plays like a, a pass the whole time until he dips. He can definitely do that. I think we were talking about, you know, before we hit record, that I, I think we're going to, even if we don't try to run the ball more, um, I think he'll I think he'll improve our running game because I think he'll be able to, whether it's a call or not, I think he will be able to do some of that spin out of stuff. Uh, he's not just a runner. He can scramble and get outside the pocket. Um, but, yeah, I mean, for as long as Jefferson comes back, in a, whether it's next week or the week after, to be able to rely, to have someone to rely on like Jefferson and then, like you mentioned, the four other targets, that's huge. That's really huge. And – I think we can make some hay on those dropbacks, those fake, you know, where it's it's a QB run all the way, but, you know, it looks like a pass. Like I said, he has the scramble ability, good pocket presence. Um, even if it's a poor man's, if it, let's say his top was a poor man's Russell, that would be pretty fucking good. And you can compare it to Purdy a bit where he came in, and I'm not going to say our line is on that level when it's on the tippy-top level with, with Trent Williams and all that. But it, it's much better than it was. There's no doubt about that. And there's certain things that he can he can do that he can already show whether they found out when he was doing the, the scout team, you know, going against the number one defense, getting those somewhat good reps, not necessarily live reps like it was in preseason and and those scrimmages were even probably liver than it would be in practice during the season. But, you know, he, he can, he might be able to do some stuff they're not ready for. And it takes a season to catch up with him. You already saw that from Purdy earlier this year and lately. Uh, when things aren't fully strained, all of a sudden he hasn't been putting up his bunch of numbers. Well, that's no, that's not a big shocker. Um, I'll say this he's got a good pocket presence. But if you look at a lot, and I did get to see BYU a lot, so I saw a lot of his two years plus starting. And there were times where he fell in love with the scramble too much. And that would be the one thing. I don't think he'd be looking to do that unless he was already having a great game doing it, and then maybe he got greedy. Um, But when you look at his highlights, um, the clean pockets, you know, we're definitely documenting how better the offensive line is, but you still wouldn't say it's a clean ass pocket. It's just, you got more time to throw and that's all cousins really needed is a little bit more time to throw. 
Well, these, you know, his pockets were a lot cleaner than me, than this one. So I do wonder how that's going to go. But, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think you got to. I think you got to try Hall for a couple games unless it's just horrendous. And uh, you drafted him. You know, now you, you, there's a good chance you won't have Cousins now for sure next year because of the injury, no matter what. You could have extended him and all that stuff or, or maybe had him test the market and see what's out there and then sign. There's a lot of things you could have done. But it all signs point to probably not happening. So why not let you – it's a competitive rebuild, right? So we could be – not necessarily sellers, but non-movers in this part of it, but then a, a buyer for a defensive end or corner or something like that. We could do both at, at the trade deadline. But, yeah, Quazy, man, he's going to earn his money, he's, the 48 hours, you know, that he had uh, to do it. But, yeah, I, I something tells me that Hall's going to do pretty good. Uh, I've seen him en- enough, and like I said, if it was – you know, just a horrendous line where you just always have to one look and just run, it might get ugly. It might look like Ponder and T-Jack, the one look run. And we know that's limited. But, yeah, get him outside the pocket, get back to a little bit more play action, you know, get the guy, you know, the old move the pocket. So half of the field type, we're going to see that type of stuff. You might as well use his mobility. But I don't know, man. I, I got a good feeling about this kid. Well, Chris, I mean, Look, Vikings fans, Chris, everybody, the best case scenario is that he comes in and succeeds. That's the best right. case scenario, right? Because then you can take your draft capital, you can use it for other things, you can you have what you think might or is a franchise quarterback going forward. Chances of that being the case, you know, probably less than 50%. But that is the best case scenario. So you should all get behind Hall and, and hope that that, that he shows signs of that. Now, do you think he's going to come up, throw for 404 touchdowns and shock the world? I don't, you know, I highly doubt that. It would be great. It would be great. And that's the best case scenario. But everything else under that, that's when you start to get into the woulda, coulda, maybe this, maybe that, you know, what if, all that stuff, which will probably go down a little bit of that too. But um, as far as, you know, that's what you're hoping for. As Hall comes in, he proves that he's, that he can possibly be a franchise quarterback and that changes, you know, a lot of things now. Um, you know, we had a franchise quarterback, Kirk Cousins. We don't have him anymore. Whether he gets re-signed, like you said, I think all signs kind of lead to no, but we'll, you never know, you know, and, and I don't, you know, I'm not in favor of a re-sign, but I know there are many out there that are. And so, you know, that'll all work itself out. But, you know, I don't, I would rather see Hall than Mullins. I would rather see Hall than Mannion. You kind of know what you got in Mullins, and you, maybe you win a few games, but there's no future there. Mannion, right. obviously, even winning games is questionable with him, yeah, but yeah. there's obviously no future there. And, you know, if you can have a guy in-house already as opposed to, you know, waiting to see what you can get in the draft, obviously that's a better scenario. Um, but as far as the trade deadline goes, buy and sell. I mean, we're going to learn a lot, Chris. I mean, I think it'll show a lot. Like if you move Hunter, you know, okay, what is that? You're selling. You're selling. Um, I think there's a small chance they move Hunter. I think they're going to ride with them and pay him hopefully, you know, uh, in the off season. Uh, He's just too big up, you know, he's too good at an important position. It would almost be stupid without getting enormous compensation to get rid of him, you know? Um, so I think they'll stick with him, but guys like KJ, I could see them moving on with him with Powell's rise and just because he's the last year of his contract and right, yeah. you know, Addison. Now I could see that being something, but you're not going to get much in return for KJ Osborne. You might get a day three pick if you're lucky. Um, obviously, you know, but when I say that, I mean fifth or sixth. Um, and what would you move him for a seventh? I think you just let him hit the, you know, hit free agency yeah, at that true. point and use him for the rest of the season. And, as far as guys coming in quarterback-wise, I'm sure it's possible. Uh, you and I talked off air. We kind of we kind of throwed a lot of things at the wall and said, okay, well, what's likely, what's not, you know. Um, I don't really see them bringing in a vet, and I wouldn't, like, we both were against a vet coming in just because, 
you know, you got to see what you got in the hall. I don't necessarily want to see, you know, uh, a Tom Brady or a Ryan Tannehill or, you know, I, we both kind of said maybe an Andy Dalton. But I would be down for an Andy Dalton. You know, because just, that just works out. Depth, you know, yeah. even if it's depth. But, I mean, you're negotiating power now. It's kind of, you know, you're kind of desperate. You kind of smell desperate. So, you know, you might have to overpay for an Andy Dalton. Um, what about Winston? Because when we went to uh, when we went to the show here, that was a hot commodity. You know, there was a report that him and Jefferson are texting. You know. Yeah, I don't. I mean, Jameis is Jameis, and what you get with him, you kind of know you're going to get great plays and you're going to get bad plays, and that's always been, you know, even Florida State, he was like that a little bit. So yeah. Um, but that depends on what you give up and. And his contract, I don't know if he's if we'd be picking up something yeah, for next really year, small, if he's just a right. one-year guy or, or what that would be. Uh, we did talk about something that was a little interesting, and I'll put it out here. Um, I was As we were talking, I kind of had the thought that the Chicago Bears All right. likely will have pick one and pick two in this draft with the way Carolina's playing. They need to decide what they want to do with Justin Fields. Um, I'm sure they've made decisions in-house. None of us are privy to that. They have a kid that they've been playing, this badgent kid, who could get them through the rest of this year. Um, depending on your feelings for Justin Fields, uh, there's some people that you know really dislike him or don't have a lot of faith in him. I don't think we've seen the best of him. I don't think we've seen the worst of him. It's kind of the system there and, and how they're using him. I don't know if that's great, but that's something I could see. I don't know if I'm in favor of it or I'm not in favor of it. But I could see somehow working Justin Fields out of the Bears' life and into ours because he's still on a rookie contract, so you don't necessarily have to sign him if he's if it doesn't work out. You don't have to pick up his fifth year, um, all that stuff. Um, and it frees the Bears of that problem and allows them to look forward to their nice, shiny uh, draft picks. And also, you know, it puts a Band-Aid on whatever we got going on here. Um, that hasn't really been out in the media yet, but it just kind of crossed my mind as scarily possible. Um, like I said, I don't, if that happened, I'd have to really think about what I thought about it. But right now it's just speculation. It's kind of like, well, it's, it's something that would make sense, but I don't know what I would think of it. Do you really think O'Connell could come in and, and really work with fields enough to get him to a point where you'd say, okay, this is our quarterback going forward. Um, Nonetheless, uh, I thought I'd throw that out into the air, but uh, yeah, I mean that's also you know going to cost you something. You're not just going to get that for free, so that also goes in the equation. But um, yeah, I guess to wrap it, my thought up is just you know I don't want to see a vet. If you want to find a young guy and you want to trade for a young guy, somebody on their rookie deal that you believe in, like a like a Zach Wilson or or somebody young with some upside to them I guess I'd be happier about that than bringing in you know a Ryan Tannehill or something like that I'm just not on board with that I'd rather just stick with Hall Mullins Mannion and and look forward to the draft yeah the Colt McCoy and the Dalton seem like um it would work even if it was for depth like I say Winston if you didn't have to give much up for him you know at least he's been in a system where you chuck it a bunch but yeah I, I, Tannehill I think he's was a good quarterback you know he overachieved and everything like that but he was in a run first system or at least they they established the shit out of the run I mean I think that's the key thing with um fields like I was interested in him coming out when we were more run first, play action, that type of stuff. Because I think he's, he could do that. But throwing it 35, 40 times, I mean, we, we lead the league in past attempts this year. We were fourth last year. So I, I don't see him being able to do that per se. Um, but it is interesting because it is a mold thing. You know, we, we believe it's his third year we we're talking about. And so you'd have a fourth. And if you liked what you saw, you'd have a fifth. Um, so that, that does intrigue me. Like you said, it, it's still turning, you know, it's a lot better than, than Kyle Murray. Um, and Murray could probably play better than him, but Murray has the big ass contract. So there's no point in bringing in a young guy, if, you know, at, at that position, especially. 
Um, but yeah, I probably would just want to go, um, just move up in the draft because, like you said, it's going to take something. Well, would you rather give something to go up and get a fresh new quarterback or get Fields? In in our scenario, you know, I would I would definitely just go quarterback in the draft because and let Hall sling it for a while because I just don't think Fields is going to be uh, all that great in a pass-first offense, and, and there's no change in KO. I mean, there just isn't. You know, it's just, that's just him. It's how it's going to go. It is what it is. There's going to be times when we want to run just a little bit more, um, but that's just him, man. I mean, through three games, we had the, the record low in our franchise, rushing yards and attempts, you know. But we still managed to be, like, in the top ten in offense. So you're like, okay, well, okay, it kind of sucks sometimes. But then again, we're moving the fucking ball even without that. So it was really just all those, you know, fumbles and drops. But, yeah, I probably wouldn't want to do fields. Um, just that scenario, I, I wouldn't give up on the kid, that's for sure. But, yeah, I just don't know if that it's a system fit, right? And I don't think he fits the system. So we'll see. Um, obviously, just a little bit more on the offensive side. I mean, ten to eighteen on third downs, twenty-four to sixteens on on first downs, thirty-six to basically twenty-four, almost thirty-six twenty-two to twenty-three thirty-eight as far as time of possession. The shit was just it was it was it was really these last two weeks offensively have been like this is exactly what we. Um, and you can still do the quick strike stuff. I'm not saying I don't want a four-play quick strike. But, I, you know, longer drives, less three and outs, win more games. Um, and speaking of winning games, man, we got we got one that's up in the air. Um, at Atlanta, four and four Atlanta, they've been – they've had multiple close – I mean, most of them have been close games, uh, multiple ways to close those games. Um you could say that some of the they're barely beating um, some of the mediocre to bad teams, and when they've played what we look at as a better team this year, and that's the thing about this year in the NFC, dude. I mean, it's sure you can point to some teams, but it's pretty fucking wide open, man. Um, and that's why you don't. I don't want to punt all the way because you just never know when we get there. Um, but they have been in a lot of close games, just like us. Um, the over-under is on some college football, you know, option game, 37-and-a-half over-under, four-and-a-half-point underdogs, minus four-and-a-half Atlanta favorite, which doesn't really surprise me. It's it's close to like a, a one-point game just being on the road, but obviously they don't know what the hell Hall's going like, to like, look like either. Um, you know, they, they do have a solid defense. I'll say that they they hold teams under 300 yards per game. Um, they have a, you know, we've improved the last few games, Aaron, as far as our turnover stuff. But they they don't have as many fumbles as us because nobody in the league does. Still, at least we have ten. But their turnover differential is actually negative seven. So they're I think the, the lowest or the second lowest, and we're like I think fifth or sixth now. So that we're we're moving up in the right direction, but they they have a tendency to turn the ball over. They got a you know they got a young quarterback. If he's for sure going to play, that's what everybody's saying. But there, I have heard some back channels of they're, they're not necessarily loving the kid, but he's brand, you know he's he's really young. But they do have that combo at, at running back. They do have two solid running backs, and. Um, you know, so they're going to look to establish a run and play action. I just, I think it comes down to we got to make Ritter or whoever else is going to be there beat us. We got to contain the run and make the quarterback beat us. And I like our, I like our chances there if we can, you know, do that. I think chances are we're going to see Heineke. Um, Right, right. Kind of replaced Ritter last game, and we beat Heineke last year, but it was pretty close uh, when he was with Washington. Um, and we obviously got tape on him. He, you know, he was here for quite a few years. Um, of course, that was maybe a different Tyler Heineke, but 
I like our defense, Chris. I think um, just the way we're playing, the improvements, uh, we're getting what we're getting from the defensive line, and the scheme is original and uh, hard to prepare for, and it's always tailored to the, your opponent. And if you get Ritter, well, I definitely think the Vikings win. Uh, if you get uh, Heineke, I still think the Vikings win, but not by as much. Um, obviously, we're going to have some hiccups offensively, uh, percentages would say. Uh, you can't just say, you know, as much as I'd like to think Hall's going to come in and, and play very well, um, you know, history would say that that's a very rare occurrence. Um, so you're going to have some problems, but like I said, if you can game manage, if we can run the football with Akers and Madison, uh, play action, rollouts, quick stuff, um, screens and whatnot, I think, you know, you can have a, uh, you know, a functional offense uh, against these guys, um, as long as you can protect to some degree. Um, but defensively, I think is where we'll have the advantage on their offense, and we'll probably create some turnovers. We will uh, get some tackles for loss and some sacks. Um, as long as the team's not down in the dauber after losing Kirk, I think that's a good point. You know, if they come out fired up. up, you know, I think that we'll win this game on the road. Um, We've always kind of done well against Atlanta. Um, so there's a lot of ifs and what's there, but I like the Vikings here. I like them by seven. I think that they will score points. Um, I think probably in the 28 range there, I think you're going to see, like you said, a lot more run in the football. And I think we have, uh, if we focus on that's what we want to do this week is run the football. I have a lot of faith in this offensive line to be able to run the football. It's one of the better uh, run blocking, at least historically, it's been one of the better run blocking units. Um, and I think, you know, they can devise a game plan to where if they need to run, uh, far more than pass, uh, that it can be successful and also eat the clock, keep the defense off the field, keep them fresh. And like I said, if you can get the lead and then set this defense on whatever quarterback that is, um, I like our chances here. Um, what happens after this game, I'm more in question about, uh, but we'll see how this one goes. But I'm going to go Vikings by seven uh, on the road. I think it's a great environment, as I mentioned earlier, for Hall to, to start, and then he'll come back home against the Saints, I believe. But uh, to start on the road, I think, is, is a, a big advantage. And, uh, you know, I'm going to start off having a lot of faith in Hall, and uh, hopefully he plays well enough uh, to get another start. Um like, cause like I said, that is the best case scenario, but, uh, yeah, I like yeah. the Vikings by seven. I'd say 28, 21 is probably what I'm thinking. Something like that. Uh, yeah. And that's 28, 21. If we see, uh, Heineke, if we see, uh, like you said, it does seem like that's going to be, yeah. If we see the Ritter kid, I, I think we'll, it'll be something like 28, 14, something like that. So, um, and, you know, I remember Ponder his first game. He threw for, like, 300 yards, you know. And I remember talking to Packers. I was like, this kid's going to be good. I'm like, just, just calm the fuck down, dude. Call, I'm telling you to calm down. You're a Packer fan. Trust me, guys. I've seen this guy in Florida State in the big games. He's not going to work out. And sure enough, you know, that was pretty easy to see. T-Jack. Both those guys just won look runs. That's just what they were. It is what it is. I'm sure they're, you know, they were good human beings. Well, obviously, R.I.P. T-Jack, but um, I got a 20 to 16 bikes. Um, I do think it'll be a little bit more low scoring. Um, and it is funny because although the interior offensive alignment now has improved their pass protection, and I do agree with you on, on, uh, with Reisner there, just his attitude in general. Um, but it, it's like, hey, they were supposed to be way better at running, so let's fucking run a little bit more. You know, we're still, I think, third, second or worse, third in attempts, like the, like basically uh, 30th in attempts and like 30th in rushing yards or something like that, um, which, like I said, to be top 10 and top 15 in so many offensive court categories and not have that part of it is tells you – that we, you know, there's a lot of potential to be a top five offense in general. Uh, but I, so I do think he'll run more. And, and like much like I was saying about Jefferson, 
it, it, it forced us to spread the ball. And now I think it will. You get that guy in play action. It doesn't mean it has to be a brand new system. Um, but yeah, I think he'll make a couple of good plays with his feet, whether it's, you know, scramble a la Fran Tarkington on the outside or just a straight up called run. We can literally do it a few times a game where it's just a straight up called run. And I'm, I'm guessing there'll be first down runs uh, based off what I saw, you know, in, in college because the, the guy can move. I think he runs like a four, six. Um, and like you said, it isn't ideal. That would be ideal if this guy was a poor man's fucking type Russell Wilson. Or we, you know, let's, let, I, I agree. Let's stop, let's stop saying that. Even I just said, let's stop saying that. But, you know, if we go four and one in this stretch, however the fuck we get there, that really starts to go, okay, hang on now. And this kid that doesn't, you know, to have a full off season where you can dive into everything. And that's where I think it really helps having someone in house. Um, they don't have a lot of tape on them in the pros in this system. And also, he knows it, you know, and he got an extra two months to know it. And like I said, a lot of times they were talking about, and I'm not bringing Mahomes up to, to add it to Hall's name, okay? But they, he, he did the scout team for a year. A lot of people do when they're, you know, they're going to be the next guy. And there are a couple things in there that he didn't even show at Texas Tech where they're like, oh, dude, hang on. This is a better fit than I thought for this guy, you know? And, and so I'm sure – being having to do a bunch of different game plans, uh, again, being the scout team, they probably found some stuff in there. That's just a that's a normal thing. That's not even being overly confident or anything like that. But I do feel like he's going to play good enough. He'll he'll he will be good enough on third down, um, and, and we're going to find out how good this offensive line is. Interior, you know what I mean? We're going to find out uh, with this kid. Um, and hopefully we do get some more three-step drop stuff and get the ball out uh, and, and run. But, yeah, I'm with you. I think we'll win, um, what was that, yeah, 20 to 17 or 2016, something like that. I'm staying right around the spread. Well, the Gophers got another one. They started out pretty ugly, especially, you know, for the, a team that, especially fumble-wise, takes care of the ball that way. Uh, this year some of the picks have been kind of bad, especially that, you know, the pick sixes or whatever against Michigan. But uh, beyond that 6-0 start where we got down to Michigan State, I think it was 27-6 after that. and It was a late touchdown that didn't really add up to much. I really liked what we looked like on both sides of the ball. And here we are going into the year with our fifth running back, um, you know, the younger brother of Tyler Newbin, goes for 200 yards and 40 carries. I mean, it's just – you got to give it to Fleck, man. I mean, it's been this year and two years ago where you're like, we're literally on our fourth and fifth guys, and you'd love to give the ball more to that transfer. who Looks like he's got potential, but he puts the ball on the ground. So we said, hey, Newbin, you know, now we got a true freshman, a true sophomore, and a redshirt freshman, all three of those guys that we now know can run the ball. And they've all had monster games as young guys. So, I liked what I saw in a lot of ways. That first half and a couple different throws, not many, obviously, in the second half. But I liked what I saw of the quarterback. Um, you know, like 200 yards rushing, 200 yards passing. That's actually where we need to be right there. Um, and, and Jackson, we're not having 300-yard passing games. This dude – is managed to put together back-to-back 100-yard games. And it's like right when we need it type stuff, third down, whatever, extending, you know, getting a big play for 28 yards and stuff and, and getting, you know, getting that the first down going and keeping a drive alive. Jackson's the real deal. And, uh, yeah, man, we got the dub. And that's all we really needed against uh, old Sparty, my friend. I was going to lead with the backs as well. I mean – PJ just keeps bringing him up. I think he learned Chris back in, I think it was 2021 maybe, where he had Mo and nobody else. And he said, all right, I'm going to have backs on backs. Well, that was further back then. That was further. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember. It was one year people got hurt. He was down to like, I don't know. Yeah, Smith and that other dude. Yeah, maybe it was Rodney Smith. And what was that other dude's name? I forgot it. 
remember. I could see his face and everything. Yeah. I could see yep. him. But, yeah, he was hurt a lot, both of those guys. Yeah. Um, yeah, and there was nothing. So now he's got, you know, a stable of backs and um, young ones too, Chris. I, yeah, at least three that are quality backs. And Newbin was a revelation. Like, I never, I didn't know anything about the kid uh, until I saw him. But, yeah, Jackson, a great game. Um, you know, Michigan State's down, but, you know, the way that program works won't be down for long. Um, and to come out and just, you know, have that kind of win, uh, Calic Manis is, I thought, had an improved game, Chris. I think you, you nailed that. Um, maybe confidence, something's going on there, but it's, you know, the balls are looking better coming out of his hands, uh, with more purpose to them, I think. It's not just like get it in the area. He's leading guys, um, and doing some stuff that looks really promising. Uh, you know, Michigan State, didn't offer you the greatest competition, but you know, you also lost to Northwestern. We're not going to forget about that. And what a change that makes on the season now. Um, but yeah, yeah, I thought it was a good win. You did what you're supposed to do. You were at home. Um, this time of the year at home, you know, usually get that win. I remember it's been Purdue a few years playing in the cold, Nebraska, um, starts to become a factor, uh, late in the Big Ten season. Um, so yeah, you did what we had to do. Now you go on to Illinois, which, you know, that's a tricky one, Chris. Even though they're down a little bit, it's Bielema. He's kind of had our number. Um, you know, he, it's a hard one to call uh, because I like the way the Gophers are playing. I like that they've got the backs. I like their offensive line. I think defensively you got Lindenberg back who had a great game. Right on the first possession, he got the third down tackle. Dude. Yeah, and so defensively things are looking up. But there's just something to the way Bielema plays them that obviously has been successful for Illinois, but uh, unsuccessful for us. And, you know, maybe this is the year we beat them uh, just because you know, we beat Iowa for the first time. and We could beat Bielema for the first time. It would be nice, too. But, you know, I like the Gophers. I think this year is the year they do that just because Illinois doesn't have what they had last year. And it took, you know, I, they didn't win by much last year. It was 13-10, I think, was the score yeah. or something like that. Last two years, it's been right on the table. We just yeah. can't, well, can't score. Right. Offensive, that's an issue, too, as well, with this Gopher team. Is we're returning into Iowa with this kind of offense. Um, you know, obviously, I think our quarterback plays a little bit better. But, like you said, if you can keep it balanced, 202, and we, we don't have to worry about are we Iowa or not. Um, True. But, you know, this time of year, you want to be able to run the football. That's that's the Big Ten. So, um I think we're able to do that. Uh, I don't know which back it's going to be, but um, yeah, I, I think hopefully we'll be... one of these youngsters can play too. Right. And so, you know, I like it. I'm tentatively picking the Gophers over Illinois. The only real uh, caveat there is just kind of the way Bielema kind of has our number. Uh, and, but I think talent wise, program wise, we're in a better spot than they are. So I'm just going to go with that. Say the Gophers win. Uh, and I say it's going to be 24-10, something like that, 14 points. And uh, then we go on to, you know, a season that could have been special could now be just a good season. Well, I mean, you know, if Iowa were, were to lose and we lost uh, Ohio State, then it could be a great season, you know, because we could go to the conference final potentially. But, yeah, it's – It'll be interesting to see. I mean, they, they definitely, you know, have a chance to lose their last four games just off that offense. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. You know, they 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 don't have the same defense that they had last year. You know, like you said, that running back. That running back was a stud. And uh, they're not running the ball like they were. They, they can pass it, but they're giving up 161 on the ground here. That's a lot to give up to this team. And so they're going to be looking to stop the run or at least containing it and making, you know, our guy eighth and throw the ball. That's what they're going to do. So I believe we can run the ball just enough. You know, maybe it will be over 200 again. I can see that as the game goes on. But when you give up a buck 61 on the ground, I just it it would really knock on would have to be some really bad turnovers or something like that to, to you know to for us not to have some sort of quality production and set up our young quarterback 
with a play action where, or, you know, maybe he can run a little bit more. I would, I have noticed that a little bit more. I, I wish they'd lean into that a little bit more because the kid can run a little. Um, the over-under is 42 and a half. I actually thought it'd be a little bit lower. It's dropped from the three-point favorite to two-point favorite Minnesota at home. So that tells you the, the Vegas is like, well, are we sure about this Newman kid? Who's coming back? Does That, that kind of lends itself to Newman's probably going to be the back. And I think they will give, you know, the other running back another shot. But I could see why they're like, you know what? It, it seems intense to give Newman 40 carries because it is. But that Tyler dude, like, don't get me wrong. He's had some good games. That Sean Tyler dude. Tyler, he's had some good games, but he puts the ball on the mat. You just can't have it. You just can't have it. So, not in these type of games. So, I'm with you. I think we'll win. I don't think it'll be by 14, um, but I, I think we'll find a way to get the job done, whether that's, you know, a late field goal. I feel like the game's going to be on the table in the fourth quarter, but, yeah, I think we'll, it's a home game. They're not going to, you know, overlook this team. Like you said, the last two game, or last two years, they've really stymied us, man. And so hopefully this is one we can get over. Then we're on the road at Purdue. Uh, but we'll definitely be back next week. Hopefully we're talking about a, a Vikings victory in a gopher victory. See you next Monday. Peace.